Thank you for joining us today. In today's message, Pastor Rander teaches us God's specific requirements for praising and thanking Him as outlined in Psalms 100. Every person of every nation is to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. God's Word makes it clear that no person or nation is exempt from this requirement. We are to praise Him for His goodness to us in all things. We are to serve Him with gladness and come before His presence with singing. We are to love God, praise God, and bless His name at all times. He will be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get your pen and paper ready. Now let's listen in. You don't need an intermediary. I in. You don't need a go-between person to get to God. You don't need the Pope. You got to find a Pope before you can get to God. You in trouble. You got to find a priest. I got to go to some priest booth. No, you can go to him right now. On your knees, in your car, in the shower, in the school, in your closet. You can go to God anywhere and just have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your trouble. He'll hear your faintest cry and he'll answer by and by. Phew, a little prayer will turn him. No, when I pray, the fire begins to burn. Do I have a witness here? I dare you to have a little talk with Jesus. He'll make it all right. Won't he make it all right? Have you prayed to him and got some peace? Have you prayed to him and got some hope? God will make it all right. You don't need a pope. You don't need a priest. You don't even need me. You you don't need a pastor to get to the throne room of God for prayer. Because Christ is our great high priest. Regrettably, we fail to take full advantage of this direct connection to God. Even though we have this kind of access, we fail to take advantage of it. How wonderful it is that when we talk to God, we do not need Wi-Fi. We do not need an Internet server. We don't have to worry about drop calls. And we don't have to worry about praying to him all the way up to heaven. What would be the charges to talk to God <laughs> who's on the throne in heaven? I'm gonna, that's a, you're talking about a long distance call. One call will keep us in eternal debt. I'm so glad <laughs> that you could talk to him and it's already being heard just like that. Prayer goes beyond time and space. Woo! My goodness, my friends. It is the grace of God that gives us the privilege of approaching our holy God confidently. We have the grace of God gives us the privilege of approaching God freely. The grace of God privileges us. We ought to be approaching God with humility to share whatever is on our hearts as his children. Yeah. You say, well, why should I tell God whatever on, on my on my whatever is on my heart? I thought you said God knows everything. Then he already knows what I'm gonna say. Then why talk to him? That is a good question. But you know why you talk when you talk to God, it puts on display your utter dependence upon him. <laughs> your communion and talk with God actually strengthens you. It gives you spiritual footage. It helps you. Yes, he knows, but he wants you to talk to him. Because he wants to strengthen that relationship with you and you with him. He wants to be your friend. That's right. Say, I'm a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. Psalms 32, 6a says, for this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray. 
I'm not going to ask how many godly folk in here because I don't want to make you lie. But if you're godly, then you're going to be a praying mother, father, praying wife. You're going to be a praying child of God. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Psalms 55, 17 says evening and morning and at noon, I will pray. In other words, you ought to pray on a regular basis and cry aloud. There's sometimes, listen, you ought to just talk out to God aloud. Talk aloud to God and he shall hear my voice. Now, just because you scream at God doesn't mean he's going to hear you. Some people just scream and talk to the top of their voice like God is hard of hearing. And sometimes people pray long in the church. But, if, you, know, you know, if you're praying at home, you ought to pray so long here. You're trying to get it all out before the people of God. And prayer is not for the purpose of impressing anybody. That's right. I mean, you're not talking to us anyway. You're talking to God. <laughs> you're talking to God. You ought to pray long to be effective. And then sometimes you ought to have a good lengthy communion with God. In your personal quiet time. What does you thank God for? Thank God for his presence. For his presence. That's a gift. Matthew 28, 20 B says, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Deuteronomy 30, 31 verse 8 says, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. You know when people get scared, especially when the stock market begin to act a little funny and people begin to hold back their funds and don't give to God and don't help anybody. Don't bless children, missionaries, the orphan, the poor, so far, because they watch the stock market. Listen, take your eyes off the stock market because that stock market will let you down. Matter of fact, it has gone down, but just because it goes down, your giving should never go down because your eyes are fixed on Jesus and you know that God will take care of you whether it's up or down. So you're not going to subtract from God simply because of a market reaction. You mean tell me your giving is based on what the stock market does? Shame on you. Look how quiet it got then. <laughs> Having God's presence mean We're never alone. As Christians, when we fail to acknowledge, it leads to fear and uncertainty when you fail to believe that God is with you and he's going to take care of you in the best of times and in the worst of times. Do you remember what happened in 9-11 when those twin towers crumbled, the planes running into them? And all the stuff, the stock market, everything just went all crazy. And let me tell you, how many of y'all were still drinking clean water during that time? How, how many of y'all were still eating and gaining weight and everything else during that time? You still, y'all still watching football? Matter of fact, some of y'all bought an extra television set during that time. And everything was down, but God was taking care of you. It's not the president. It's not the administration. It's not the lawyer. It's not the governor. It's not the mayor. Takes care of you. It is God, it is God who takes care of you. Be not dismayed, whatever be tired. God will take care of you beneath His wings of love abides. God will take care of you. You keep your eyes on God, and you will not fear nor fret, regardless of what happens to America. 
in the midst of calamity in America, God will prosper you because of your faith in him. How many of y'all believe him enough to do that? Praise God. Number eight, another gift from God is his protection. Protection. Psalms 144 verses one and two says, blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. My loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and the one in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. He's our protector. Psalms 512 says, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. You know, you're righteous. You live in right. You're in the right standard with God. God will bless you. He will bless you. He'll confuse folk who are looking at your blessing. That's right. God will bless you when folk are trying to take from you. That's right. And, and they say, well, I'm trying to hurt him. But the more I try to hurt him, look like he gets more blessed. I let him off, get more blessed. That's right. Haven't worked in six months. He gaining weight. <laughs> He's going to protect you. He's going to keep you. Live righteous. In other words, now, if you want the blessings of God, if you want God to prosper you, you have to live in such a way where he can bless you because God is not going to bless your mess. Okay, don't live unholy, sleeping with folk, putting your hands on other people's private parts, looking at pornography, cussing out of your mouth, acting drunk and stupid. Then you say, anyway, he blessed me. I'm going to be satisfied. No, he's not going to bless you. He's going to whoop you. That's right. You're going to get a God-sized whooping, not a blessing. You want to get blessed by God? You want God to prosper you? Joseph was a righteous man, and God blessed him. Daniel was a righteous man, and God blessed him. Even in the lion den, God took care of Daniel. Even the lions became a cushiony pillow as he snored all night on the lion's back. Tell me what God won't do when you live holy and righteous before God. He protected Daniel in the lion's den. And those other ones, the other ones that were thrown in there got devoured instantaneously. Before we continue with the message, let's search our hearts and consider ways in which we hinder authentic worship of Almighty God. Do we always honor, adore, extol, serve, and worship Him with joyful hearts at all times and in all things? If we're honest, we'll admit that there is room for improvement. As Psalms 105 tells us, the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. Listen in as Pastor Rander continues this powerful, thought-provoking message, and remember to keep pen and paper ready. God will bless the righteous. You live righteous. Stop gossiping. Stop homongering. Stop looking at stuff on television you know is no good. Stop reading stuff. Stop. Get out of Harry Potter. Get out of no messy, no good shows that promote homosexuality. Get out of the stuff that brings you down. Break relationships that's drag on your faith. And God will begin to bless you in incredible, wonderful ways. It is the protective hand of God that has kept us through dangers seen and unseen. Now, you know that you know, you know, you've been through seen and unseen dangers. If God can show you all the near misses of bad stuff that could have happened to you, you'd pass out on this floor and you'd stay out the rest of the service. And you see, you, you, you just see the thing, oh, wow, that car almost hit me. But let me tell you something, there's a lot 
lot of other stuff that almost got you. <laughs> There's a lot of people that almost got you, but, but they couldn't get you because I like what some said. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. He anointed my head with all my cup <laughs> runs over in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wow. It is the protective hand of God that has kept us through dangers seen and unseen. What's so amazing is that the Lord keeps us when we don't deserve his word. We don't deserve to be kept. That's right. Don't, don't read our Bibles like we should and God's still keeping us. Don't tithe like we should and God's still keeping us. Won't even have come to church and God's still giving you breath. That's right. You're still experiencing the goodness of God in spite of how you treat him. Psalms 119, 114 says, you are my hiding place and shield. That's protection. I hope in your word. Number nine, what has God given us? He's provided for us healing. Jeremiah 17, 14 says, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me and I shall be saved for you are my praise. James chapter five, verses 15 and 16 says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up if they have sinned. Sin is a blockage. If they have sin, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. Some of you can't get healed because of sin. Now, just because people are sick don't mean they've necessarily sinned. That's right. You know, Job's friend came, friends came up with the wrong conclusion. And God got all over, got all in their chest. He said, now go pray. Go tell Job to pray for you. So I won't kill you. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person, not an unrighteous person, not a compromising person, not a sinful person, but the prayer of what kind of person? A righteous person is powerful and effective, is powerful and effective. How many times has God healed us? Or it's currently, the word is sustaining us in a crisis, in a health crisis, and we fail to say thank you. You say, I still got arthritis. Yeah, but you're still living. You got your right mind. You're seeing your children come and go. You're seeing your grandchildren. You can still make a difference. You're talking about arthritis in your fingers. There's somebody with no hand. Okay, you're talking about your feet hurting. Somebody don't have a foot. Uh, you start looking around and you start seeing you're not as bad also as you are. Stop whining and say thank you. Say, say thank you now. You ought to say it again. You ought to say it until you believe it. Say it again. I mean, say it louder and again. Say it louder and louder and again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you have kept me in sickness, 
in the midst of my disease, you still God. Apart from the Lord, there is no healing. Be mindful, we must leave room in our sickness for the sovereignty of God when it comes to healing. God has a right to do whatever he wants, however he wants, whenever he wants, because he's God all by himself. Sometimes God may heal when you pray instantly, supernaturally, and miraculously. That's right. He, he does that. He sure does. Other times he may heal slowly and progressively. That's his right. Or God may not heal at all because he is God and does things we cannot comprehend for who can know the mind of God. And when you don't understand why he lets you be sick so long and you're asking yourself how long the night, you'll look to Jesus and say, hey, I'm going to wait till my change comes. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God has a bigger picture in mind in your life. God is up to something even when you don't understand And God is moving you in a direction that only God knows. Just wait on him. Wait means you wait when you don't know. You wait when you don't understand. You just keep on waiting on God. Romans 8.28 says when God doesn't heal, then just take comfort in Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to to his purpose. Those who have been called the, the, the call of God, where, where he elects us, the doctrine of elections, before the world was created, God knew our condition. He knew what would be at this season of our lives. Not that cancer is good, not that arthritis is good and high blood pressure is good and all these other diseases are good, but God can use those things to work for your good and his glory, even when we don't understand his divine purposes. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse seven through 10, it says, and lest I should be exalted. This is Paul now above measure by the abundance of the revelations. God had privileged him to see things in the third heaven. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. I was having a hard time. Lest I be exalted above measure. In other words, I've seen things that the average man has never seen and and, and God making sure I stay humble permitted me to have a thorn to keep me dependent upon him and to keep me from being exalted in my own pride. Verse eight concerning the things I pleaded with God. You know, he begged God. Have you ever begged God for healing? God, this hurt, this aches. God, God, I'm God. This is how long is this going to be? I'm tired of the doctors and the needles and the evaluations. I'm tired of I'm tired of these appointments. You got to sit and you got to wait, and then the doctor don't show up, and on and on and on. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. How many of you prayed and you prayed that what you have 
would depart from you. But you got to keep on reading because look at verse nine. And God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, I won't put any more on you than you can bear. I know what I'm doing. Just keep on hoping. Keep on waiting. Hang, hang in there. Be steadfast. Be, be, don't stop coming to church. Don't, don't, don't go backwards. Don't be a grouch. Shine in your state. For my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses. He's not saying I'm glad I'm having a hard time. Oh, I thank God for my trials. I thank God for my cancer. I thank God for my leukemia. Oh, that's sick. He's not saying that. I'm glad my mama died. That's morbid. But he says, I can rejoice because God is still on the throne. That's right. And therefore, I ought to thank God for the gift of my mother or for the gift of my child. I, I need to thank God. Even in my sickness, God is at work and God is blessing somebody because of my spiritual posture and how I'm able to be positive and to be grateful. And that's what draws people to the Lord Jesus Christ. God can be drawn to draw people through sickness as well as in health. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When you feel the weakest, that's when God's spirit take over. And somehow, some way, he strengthens you. Well, we, we had the, the men's gathering with me. One of the brothers came up to me and said, Pastor. I said, what? I came here sick. But after all I experienced in this gathering, I forgot I was sick. And I'm all right now. And what he said, I don't even feel sick no more. I'm a, in other words, let me tell y'all something. The gospel is therapeutic. Worship is therapeutic. You need to get out of that house. You need to come to the Lord's house and hear messages of hope, messages of encouragement. where You can be prayed over and ministered to. Listen, there's healing in the word of God. When you begin to worship God, when you begin to exalt God, when you begin to lift up the name of Jesus, you forget about yourself. As you consecrate yourself and focus on the king of glory, like Paul, even in the midst of our trials, we must have commitment in Christ. Nobody told you the road would be easy. In the midst of our trials, like Paul, we must have commitment in Christ, which will cause us to accept the things we cannot change. When you're committed to Christ, you will accept the things you cannot change And say, not my will, but thy will be done. Paul also says in Philippians chapter four, verses 11 through 12. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well fed or whether I'm hungry, whether I have plenty of I'm in need or in want. In other words, when we come to terms with our own suffering and become absolutely dependent upon Christ, the Holy Spirit will enable us to minister and encourage others regardless of our present condition or circumstances. 
when you're absolutely trusting and dependent on God, which brings glory to God. Therefore, in the midst of your crisis of health, in the midst of financial bondage, in the midst of a struggling marriage, in the midst of rebellious children, in the midst of injustice, maintain a right spirit, maintain a godly right attitude and spiritual perspective before God and others. In the midst of your trials, guard your heart and watch your mouth. Paul writes this thank you letter to believers in Philippi for their help in helping him in times of need. Be mindful when Paul was writing this letter to the church at Philippi, he was in a Roman jail for the sake of the gospel. Yet Paul doesn't allow himself to become angry at God. So many Christians are angry at God. He didn't allow himself to come bitter with people. He didn't blame others. And if it wasn't for this man that came out, my life and shipwrecked this or my child. Or my, it's always somebody else. He didn't blame others. Or he didn't throw himself an eternal pity party. My friends, I submit to you today, in the midst of your trials, your sickness, your anxieties, keep on praying. Keep on hoping. Keep on believing. Keep on serving. Keep on giving financially to the Lord who sacrificially gave himself for us. Jesus sacrificed himself for us and died on that cross for you and me. He was buried according to the scripture and he rose third day with all power in his hand. He gave his life for us and we ought to give our lives back to him in gratitude. Second Corinthians eight, five says, and they exceeded our expectations. Does your life, your service, your time, your talents, your tithes and offerings, does it exceed your expectations and the expectations of others? Because God has given us physical life, because God has given us dominion, because God has given us free will, because God has given us his love, because God has given us the Bible, because God has given us prayer, because God has given us his presence, because God has given us protection, because God has given us his healing. We must ask ourselves like the summits in Psalms 116.12, what can I give back to God for his blessings poured out on me? And all God's children said. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210 821 5683.